again, Merry Christmas, and I'm so glad that you're here tonight. just want to say welcome to everybody here tonight. I, I know I see a lot of our Schindler family out there. Uh, you may be a neighbor, a friend of someone from Schindler Drive that was invited tonight. Uh, you may be from out of town uh, visiting some folks who go to our church and you're here with us tonight, or you just may have come by and, and come in, and whichever reason, I, I don't care, I'm glad you're here. We're so glad that you're here tonight, and uh, we're going to celebrate what Christmas is all about. We've already done that through song. Um, and so we, we really hope that tonight really is just a moment for you to catch your breath, all right? Because Christmas is fun, it's exciting, but it can get a little chaotic, right? It can get a little crazy. Uh, it can get a little fast-paced. So we hope that tonight is, is a moment for you to, to catch your breath. I'm not sure if you do feel busy from all the things that maybe you're planning to do later tonight, the parties that you're planning for, uh, get-togethers tomorrow for Christmas, uh, maybe some presents that need to be wrapped to later tonight, but, but here you are. Maybe some of that stuff's on your mind. Does it feel a little crazy? I'm not sure if you've had to be out uh, fighting traffic to get some last-minute gifts today, right? Uh, if you went down to, to Blanding and Wells or over to Town Center, right, like Demolition Derby, every man for himself out there. Uh, it reminded me about uh, a story I heard about a guy uh, close uh, by who, uh, you know, in our area, uh, who was out, you know, in all the Christmas traffic uh, doing some shopping. And, uh, and for his wife, he, she gave him a list. And so he's out there zipping around town and all the craziness trying to get those last-minute gifts. And his wife was at home cooking and doing that kind of stuff. And she heard a report that a driver was driving the wrong direction on I-295. And so she panicked and she grabbed the phone and she called her husband and said, Hey, uh, listen, be careful. And gave him the report. And he said, Tell me about it. I'm out here and there's a few hundred cars coming at me at the wrong direction right now. <laughs> there you go. Some of you will get that later on. Some of you will get that later on. But in all seriousness, I want, you to be, I want you to be honest tonight. No more cheesy jokes, I promise. All right. In all seriousness serious tonight, how many of you today, uh, at some point today, you went out and just got maybe one or, or more gifts that you had to get, last-minute gifts? Be honest. Or we're in church. My hand's up. All right. Look around the room. All right. There you go. All right. You can put your hands down. All right. Uh, how many of you, uh, let's say three weeks ago, already had all your Christmas shopping done? Raise your hand. Look at that. Those are the nerds in there. All the nerds right there. Nerds, nerds. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're actually very smart people. I wish I was more like you. I envy your, your planning and your organizational skills. But I wonder tonight, it feels chaotic, but I wonder tonight if I pressed in a little bit more seriously. I wonder tonight that beyond, you know, some of the hustle and bustle, beyond you know, trying to get your house ready to, to host some house guests. And maybe sometimes it can be a little high maintenance and that can kind of stress you out. Or, or maybe the stress of trying to get all the gifts together, trying to get everything tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning uh, exactly right. I wonder if beyond all of that, there's some deeper levels of chaos in some of our lives. A deeper level of, of mess. You know, at some level, all of us are dealing with something like that. Right? See, tonight, here's, here's the reality. Tonight, all of us left houses that are decked out in Christmas decorations. We drove through the streets to get here and drove through really pretty lights and displays. And here we are, uh, dressed up for a Christmas Eve service. And yet all of us at some level probably feel a little bit messy in some place of our life. Feel a little bit of chaos in, in, in some area of our life. And I want you to know, if that's you, I want you to know that I, I'm not up here looking down at you. I feel messiness in my life, too. I'm not 100% about, sure about how some things in my life are going to turn out. 
I got some big decisions that I got to make in my own life, and I'm not sure exactly how all that's going to work out, right? Uh, I'm wrestling with stuff in my own heart, in my own life that I'm dealing with, right? And it, it can be difficult to admit it, but all of us deal with a level of chaos. All of us deal with stress and mess in our life. But this Christmas Eve night, I want to encourage you. And I want you to know something, that the Christmas story that I'm about to read that happened 2,022 years ago, that that occurred on that night there in Bethlehem, that that's the night that our Savior actually came to meet us in our mess. He actually came to meet us in our mess. And that's what I want to read to you tonight from Luke chapter 2. I read verses 1 through 14. It says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration, registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there's no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom He is pleased. Now, this is a familiar story to us, right? We're very familiar with this story. You know why I know that, that we're all familiar with this story? is because a depiction of this story can be found on, the, on a lot of your front lawns. It can be found in a lot of your houses, right? Some of y'all have that front lawn, maybe plastic nativity set. Some of you got that the new light-up kind of inflatable nativity set. It kind of turns into a pancake by day and kind of rises up and comes alive at night. Some of you got the, the indoor, like, nice nativity scenes, maybe with the, the wooden you know, stable, maybe it's got a little moss on top of it. Right? Then we got the characters in the nativity sets that all of us have, a lot of us have. You know, you got Mary there kneeling over the manger. You got Joseph kind of standing there like, mm, I didn't really have anything to do with this, but I'm here supporting you know, my family. I'm here doing the right thing. Right? You got Jesus in the manger. Uh, they're in the hay. You got the angels, you know, hovering. Some of you have a really fancy uh, nativity set. Maybe you got the little light that, that glows and it's battery operated, all right? And then what, what do we also have in the stable? And we also have in our nativity sets, you got the animals, right? You got the donkeys. You got the sheep. All right, so where are all the boys and girls here tonight? Are, do we got some kids in the audience tonight? Boys and girls, are you out there? You guys excited for Christmas tomorrow? All right, a few of you there are, are answering. Now I'm going to need all of you to participate right here because we had some different animals in, 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 in the stable that night, right? We believe, and, and one of those animals would have been because we know that the shepherds were there, and so we know that there were some sheep probably there, right? So let's just all get to that, that, that stable. Let's all get to that first nativity scene there, and, and you boys and girls are going to help us do that, all right? On the count of three, I want you to give me your best sheep noise, all right? Boys and girls, can you do that? I'm giving you permission to talk in church right now. You ready? And if you're a big kid, you can join in with them if you want to, all right? 
All right, your best sheep noise. I want to hear it loud, boys and girls. Ready? One, two, three. That was, that exceeded my expectation. Now listen, nativity scenes are good, right? To have those, that depiction in our homes is good. I would say as long as we remember that the actual first Christmas wasn't as tidy and neat as our nativity scenes. Wasn't as tidy and neat as we often think about them. First Christmas wasn't a Norman Rockwell painting. The first Christmas wasn't picturesque. The first Christmas wasn't a Hallmark Christmas movie, all right? Or the new one is the GAC Family Christmas movies that some of you are watching, right? That, that they're not making a, a, an actual real-life telling of the first Christmas on one of those channels. They're just not going to do it. Now, and I mentioned the Hallmark. Some of y'all are Schindler family. You're part of the church family here. Some of you are not, right? But some of our Schindler folks, they can let you know how big of a fan I am of Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> Right? Because, I mean, why wouldn't you be? I mean, the unpredictability of the plot, right? And those writers, they deserve an award, right? And some of you are like, I've never watched a Hallmark Christmas movie. I've never watched a GAC Country Christmas movie. Uh, well, don't waste your time because I can go ahead and tell you about what it's going to be like, all right? You're going to have a young lady who hates Christmas, who's from the big city, who's driving through, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, uh, stumbles upon this, this small town where a car happens to break down that kind of is named some Christmassy name, the town, and they all love Christmas, right? And there she is in a bad mood, hating Christmas, and she runs into this, this handsome, bodybuilding-looking uh, guy who, who loves Christmas, and who she builds a relationship with. He's also, he's like the mayor of the town. He also is a mechanic. He fixes her car. And then throughout the movie, he fixes her heart because he, he doesn't only fix her car. He fixes like all the Christmas ills that she has in her heart. And they drink hot chocolate 47 times a day and they walk through the snow. And at the end of the movie, and somehow in the mix of all that, he's Santa Claus's son. I'm not sure what that's about. But, some, but somewhere along the way near the end, he kneels down in the snow. He asks her to marry him and she moves into the mayor's mansion and they live happily ever after. I promise, if you've never seen a movie, don't waste your time. That's it. That's it right there. Hey, we like those movies. A lot of you like those movies because everything's neat, it's tidy, it's clean. Hey, First Christmas isn't neat and tidy. First Christmas is not a Hallmark movie. You know what the story was about? It was about a teenage girl, blue-collar young man. She gets pregnant out of wedlock, hasn't done anything promiscuous. Right? It's a miraculous conception. And it had to be that way for the Son of God to bypass the sinful nature of, of man. Right, And we know that. Her community didn't know that. Her, her, her neighborhood didn't know that. Her family didn't know that. They looked at her as a promiscuous hot mess. As an embarrassment to her family. They viewed Mary as a poor dumb girl that got lured away by this good-for-nothing carpenter named Joseph. Can you imagine how hard that was for them? We kind of we look at it picturesque, right? But it was hard. Can you imagine how hurtful that was for them to deal with all that? Now they're traveling on foot from Nazareth to Bethlehem. She's nine months pregnant. 
They're traveling to register, to pay taxes to a government that they don't even consider a legitimate government that's asking them to pay taxes. And they're traveling all this way on foot and she's pregnant and they get there. And even though Joseph's got relatives there, even though you would think they would take them in, they don't. And that's why it says the only place that they can, because they're, they're getting into town and then all of a sudden Mary looks to Joseph and says, it's time. Joseph, I know, I know we were hoping that we could get here and get back home, but it's time. My water broke. And there's nowhere for them to stay. And the place that Jesus Christ is born is in a stable. Where animals live. Not in a hotel. And there Mary is. No midwife. No mom to hold her hand while she's having that baby. It was not a picturesque moment. It was messy. And yet at the same time, it was all part of the perfect plan of God. That can actually encourage you tonight. Because you know what's, you know what's true is... That all of us know our own lives and we know the behind the scenes of our own lives and we know that none of our lives are picturesque. We know that all of us are dealing with our own mess. We know that none of our lives are a Hallmark Christmas movie. Our lives are messy. And yet here's what we're celebrating tonight and I want us to celebrate tonight on this Christmas Eve night is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, comes into this world, into the messiest of messy situations to communicate from the very moment that He enters in. From the very first breath, He as a baby takes in a breath of air filled with the stench of animals. That He came to meet us right where we're at. That He came to meet us in our mess. You know what the main mess that needs to be cleaned up in our life? is the mess of our sin. The problem of sinfulness. The problem that all of us have in common. That all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 In the presence of a holy God, all of us are a sinful mess apart from Christ. And there's nothing we can do about it. But Jesus. Jesus steps into the world that night to come and to fix our mess. To clean that mess up in our life. And I want you to know this. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how messy you feel like your life is. I want you to understand that Jesus comes into the world that night. The messiest of messy situations. To know, for you to know tonight that He's not somebody to shy away from your messy situation. He's not somebody intimidated by your messy situation. And I don't know who you are. Hey, apart from Christ, it doesn't matter if you're somewhere here tonight and your life feels like it's falling off the rails and it's just visible how things are falling and coming unraveled because of decisions you've made outside because you don't have a relationship with Christ. Or you could be someone here, here who is a religious person but who is apart from Christ. You are, we are all in the same boat. We are all dead in the mess of our own sin. But the beauty of Christmas is understanding that Jesus comes into the world to save messy sinners like all of us. And you say, well, how does He do that? He does that by not staying in that manger. By growing up and living the perfect life we can't live. By obeying the law of God. Something we, in our mess of sin, we can't do. We've all blown it. Jesus never blew it. Jesus never sinned one time. Jesus kept the law of God perfectly. He lived a sinless life. And then 33 years... After he was born, he, was, he died on a Roman cross. He absorbed the wrath of God. The wrath that God has towards sin was put on Jesus Christ in our place. And he shed his blood. It was messy. It was a messy moment. As the wrath of God poured out on Jesus. 
And he did that so we could be safe from our mess. So that he could save messy sinners like us. See, you can't understand the true meaning of Christmas tonight. You can't understand the glory and the majesty and the power and the marvelousness of that baby in the manger until you've believed, until you've received, until your life has been impacted by where that baby's going and what he's going to accomplish on the cross. You know, Paul connects for us the cradle and the cross in Galatians chapter 4. He says in Galatians 4, 4 and 5, this is one of my favorite Christmas verses. Covered a little bit in the morning. He says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman under the law, to grow up and to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And for all those in the room tonight who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, who have believed that His sacrificial death on the cross counted for them, who have made them their personal, him, their personal Lord and Savior, what's happened is you've moved from a very messy place of lostness and hopelessness and unrest and spiritual sorrow to a permanent place at the table of the King of the universe, to a place of being in the family of God, to being a child of God, to a place of knowing the true peace of God, the true joy of God, and the true love of God. Some of you have that tonight. Some of you don't. Don't travel through another Christmas without coming to the star of the story and allowing Him to change your life. Allowing Him to clean up your greatest mess, which is the mess of your sin. That's the gift He offers you tonight freely. And He's inviting you to trust Him with your life. You can trust Him with your life. You can trust Him with your soul. You're going to get in your car and you're going to trust that it's going to take you home in a few moments. You're not even thinking that much about it. If your car broke down, you take it to a mechanic and you trust it in the hands of that mechanic. If you got sick this week, you go to the doctor and you trust your, your physical health into the hands of that physician. And if we, can, if we can trust our health into the hands of a physician, if we can trust our car into the hands of a mechanic, how much more can we trust our soul into the hands of God? Into the hands of of a God who sent His only Son to save us. Some of you need to receive Christ tonight, right? Some, and, and, and isn't it awesome, those of you who do know Christ, isn't it awesome that once you do come to Him and once you do trust your life to Him, that you never deal with any problems ever again? And all God's people said, yeah, right, right? As believers, our souls have been saved. Our main mess of sin has been cleaned up. But do we still uh, struggle? Do we still have trouble? Do we still have messes that come up in our life? That Does our life still feel chaotic at times? Yeah, but there's good news tonight that the Savior who came to this earth, who was called Emmanuel, God with us, He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He went to the right hand of the Father and sent His Spirit with us. So that He continues to minister to us as Emmanuel. And it's not just God with us if we're in Christ. It's God in us. So in the chaos of our life tonight, what we can celebrate even at Christmas is that in the messiness of our life, He's still with us. He's still Emmanuel. He's still with us when we're in messes that are self-inflicted messes. Some of you may be there tonight. If you've found yourself in a self-inflicted mess and yet you love God, you're a follower of Christ, but you've wandered away. You know what you can celebrate? 
in the Christmas story and in the messiness of the Christmas story is it's a reminder that Jesus, who met you in your mess in the first place, is going to continue to pursue you if you are His. And He will finish the work that He started in you. Listen, cancel culture doesn't exist in the kingdom of God. He don't cancel His kids. And if you're His, you can celebrate the truth tonight that He is Emmanuel, He is with you, that He will finish the work that He started in you. Now, some of you tonight, you have a mess in your life that's not self-inflicted. And isn't that true? Sometimes problems just show up on the doorstep of our life as uninvited, unwelcome guests that just barge in and create chaos. And here in the middle of these pretty decorations, here in the middle of all the pretty music that we've got to listen to and sing tonight, here in the middle of all of this, some of you tonight, your life feels like a mess. You love Jesus, but you feel like a mess. Could be financial pressure, could be relationship problems, could be you in a season of caring for aging parents. It could be you heartbroken over decisions that even your your adult kids are making. It could be loneliness related to singleness. It could be you grieving deeply this Christmas because there's a, a chair at the table tomorrow that for the first time is going to be empty. Could be a loss of a job. Could be a health situation. Whatever it is, you know what it is. And tonight, maybe you ask, what about me? I love Jesus. Where's my peace? Where's my hope? Where's the joy for me at Christmas time? Can God clean up this mess in my life? Yeah, but maybe not in the way that you think. See, the hope and the joy and the peace that we can experience, that we celebrate at Christmas time, isn't a peace and a joy and a hope that comes because God removes the chaos. Because often God doesn't remove the chaos. And when He does, you just wait, there's another storm coming. But what He does do is He injects into our life great hope and great joy and great peace as we remember and as we celebrate. Hey, I'm going to fire off three truths at you. They all start with W tonight. As we celebrate three things that God's with us, that God's working in us, and that we're on the winning side. That's how joy and peace And hope continues to be injected into our life as believers. Why are we people marked by great hope? And uncircumstantial peace and unspeakable joy? Because I know I have a God that's with me. He's going to never leave me. He's going to never forsake me. Number two, another reason I have hope and joy and peace is because I recognize the promise that He's made me that no matter what's going on in my life, if I'm His child, He's working all things for good. He's working all things for His glory. You think about the messiness of Mary and Joseph. Could they see all that he was doing in the moment? We can look back and see that even in the messiness, even in the detours, even in the interruptions, he was working. And the same sovereign hand at work in their life is the same sovereign hand of God that's at work in your life if you are in Christ tonight. So you got, he's with you, he's working in you, and number three, you're on the winning side. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Hey, Christmas is a great time to remember this. I I find peace and I find joy and I find hope that floods my life when I'm reminded of and I celebrate the truth that I'm on the winning side in Christ. And I'm reminded of that at Christmas time, not just because I see a baby in a manger, but because I see the bigger picture. I see the bigger story. 
Right? The Christmas story isn't meant to be created as like this vignette that I put over here as a story that's disconnected from the rest of the Bible where we just kind of once a year kind of all get together and worship the 8-pound, 6-ounce baby Jesus. That's not what Christmas is. Christmas is a time when we celebrate that that baby who was born into this world, God in flesh, didn't stay in that manger. Yes, He came to this earth humbly, but then He grew up and lived like perfectly in our place. And then died a death sacrificially on the cross in our place. And then rose from the grave victoriously. And one day He's coming again to set up His kingdom, the new heaven and the new earth, permanently. And I'm on, we're on the winning side. So that means between those two comings, between those two advents, the first coming and the second coming of Christ, we can be people of great hope and great peace and great joy because we know that Jesus, who was born that night in Bethlehem, did not stay in that manger, did not stay in that cradle, but He was en route to a cross. And He's a conquering Messiah. He's my conquering Savior and He came into this world and He saved me out of the mess of my sin. He's going to finish the work that He started in me and I'm going to get to live with Him forever. That's what we get to celebrate at Christmas. And that's what I hope you can celebrate in your life tonight. If not, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. Would you bow your head and close your eyes tonight?